from Sydney. Welcome to the Proof of Concept podcast, the tech show where we explore real life use cases from the field and discuss those hot questions in the field of data science and AI. In this season, here in season three of Proof of Concept, in addition to our normal discussions in around AI and data science technologies, we're putting the focus on the future. Ooh, the future. Uh, we're thinking we're 2026 is two and a half years from now. If you had looked at me and told me what was 2026 and what I would be thinking, wow, that's a really long time, but it's really just around the corner. So this season, we wanted to take a look at those technologies that you need to be learning and understanding right now to get you ready uh, for 2026. And with that, we want to bring in, we've been bringing in guests throughout this season uh, to help us understand those technologies and know them a little better. So today's uh Today's guest is Alec Kambesi. Alex is the CEO of Giscard, uh, which is an AI and safety uh, platform. For And today he's here to help us understand and talk about the safety of LLMs. And in addition to the, being a CEO, he's also one of my former colleagues from uh, Data IQ. So Alex, welcome to the Proof of Concept podcast. How are you? Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. It's it's really great to uh, to reconnect. It's been uh, such a while. Yeah, I would imagine it's been a, and it's been a crazy time in our industry. And to be fair, you guys have you are right in the middle of so many interesting and exciting advances going on in uh, the AI space, uh, really, and especially with I'm talking to customers all the time about ChatGPT and uh, Dolly and Llama and all of these LLMs. And you guys have kind of hit right in the sweet spot right now. And a question that's on the top of everybody's mind, which is really safety. But I guess my question is, uh, here at the Proof of Concept podcast, we talk about the season A, B, C, D, E. So really kind of breaking these subjects down. So let's talk a little bit about a, which is our abstract, and what is all of this about? What is all about LLMs, and more specifically, what what is so important? What's so important about all safety with these LLMs? The first um, element is that LLMs suddenly moved AI from the world of specialists, like you had to know Python to access AI. Mm -hmm. Uh, to mm -hmm. the general public, right? Uh, and, and there's something just so raw and natural about being able to talk to an AI uh, that I think really changed the game. Um, but in terms of safety risks, um, to be very concrete, um, we've done multiple surveys uh, with data scientists, but in the general public of uh, ChatGPT users. And uh, there are really two uh, risks that come up as uh, very high. Uh, one is um, an AI that makes mistakes, right? So this is called in technical terms a hallucination. Um, it just means that the algorithm, despite giving you an answer which is grammatically correct, uh, contains factual mistakes, right? Um, and sometimes it's done uh, because the algorithm lacked training, lacked access to fresh data. Um, sometimes, and this is concerning, 
uh, it's done on purpose. So you can manipulate, you can create fake informations about things that did not happen. Um, and the second element, and this is really freaking out the regulators, it's about privacy issues because mm. Uh, mm. we haven't quite figured out how to keep uh, private data off LLMs. Um, whether it's giving private data to LLMs or making sure that private data is not ingested in the process of um, training these, right? Okay. And I think really that second point, and honestly, in our conversations with a, a set of CDOs and CAOs uh, yesterday, this whole privacy concept, especially here in Australia and Asia, uh, in Asia in general, we have a lot of data residency requirements associated. So, for instance, here in Australia, we have to keep, you know, any customer data must sit uh, within the bounds of Australia and it may not leave Australia. So uh, it's some a point that people are really kind of uh, to your what you were saying earlier. They're freaking out about uh, right now. So I guess my question, you know, as we kind of think about this, how do you. Uh, how do you explain, uh, how do you Eli five uh, people in the organization about safety of LLMs? And maybe not necessarily, I think what you're talking about is, hey, what do we do? You know, we talk about privacy. I think people kind of get the privacy components. They get uh, a lot of these components, but I guess my question to you is, how do we think about it from what do we do? How do we explain this to people? How do we deal with the safety of LLMs? Um, so there are two main uh, methods that are actually pretty mm -hmm. simple to implement. Um, first of all, I, I want to really debunk this idea that LLM safety is such a difficult problem that uh, mm -hmm. if we give in uh, to safety, uh, no innovation will be possible. You know, uh, th there's a big uh, kind of di divide, like people are opposing each other. If you go on uh, Twitter, on Reddit, it's like, oh, no, 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 like we should not regulate, we sh safety does not matter mm -hmm. versus other, which, um, and this debate is not necessarily helpful because in, re in practical terms, uh, the first thing that you can do, for example, to mitigate privacy issues is to implement a third-party layer between mm -hmm. your LLM uh, and the user that monitors mm -hmm. private data. That's the very first thing that you can do. And there are multiple methods to detect PII and to catch it uh, on the fly. Um, and second, if you really care about privacy and ownership of your data, where maybe um, in terms of technological choice, you shouldn't go with an API, such as uh, mm -hmm. uh, ChatGPT or uh, Google Bard, but you would develop your large language model in-house using open source. Because today, mm -hmm. you can build very comparable uh, LLMs in terms of skills, uh, completely on-premise, completely on your server using open source technologies. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that's one of... Uh, it's a great point, especially as I was talking around the room and I've talked to multiple folks, uh, there, there is this war on and maybe not war is it a great term or great way to use it, but this whole concept of you cannot, you cannot innovate 
unless you are completely unrestricted. Uh, but to me, that is a complete misnomer. Uh, I think, as you're saying, there are plenty of other opportunities and options for keeping the organization and its data safe, but still able to innovate. Uh, as you get, even as I've gotten ready for meetings, it's so comfortable and helpful to ask these questions of the LLMs and start getting all of this feedback. Uh, obviously, hallucination is one of those keys that we need to be concerned about. But even then, uh, that's something that I think is becoming beginning to get remedied just by having the APIs themselves start to quote back uh, a lot of where they're getting their information, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, indeed, like the APIs uh, provide ways to get more information on sources. Um, I think prompt engineering is very uh, uh, important. Uh, I'm a bit, uh, however, skeptical in prompt engineering that what was supposed to uh, become a, a tool that everybody could use uh, will mm -hmm. turn back into a very technical tool because, like, you, you really need skills uh, to on prompt engineering. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I have a, a real question, which I, I don't have answers on whether um, the LLM market, right, will be really that big in the B2C world versus B2B. Because if you think about it, right, and I'll talk about like 2026 and, and, and really the, the market, like, uh, like the economic market behind it, um, I don't see very, a very clear path to revenue for the B2C usage of ChatGPT. Yes, a lot of people love using ChatGPT for uh, helping with school assignment, just asking questions, etc. Um, but it's very different from search because search you can monetize with uh, advertisement. So will at some point ChatGPT be monetized through advertisement for the B2C use case? Perhaps, but um, I'm, I'm not convinced it will not you know, decrease the value. And then there's the B2B, the usage in enterprise, right? And that's a whole different world because there in certain industries like banks, healthcare, et cetera, uh, then you have uh, problems of security, of data privacy, which mm -hmm. are just like must have. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's that to me is one of the interesting things of all of this, right? How does it become scalable across? So I guess... One of the things we're talking about, the safety of LLMs, you and I, uh, as I remember, uh, our conversations here at Data IQ, and we always talked about the responsible AI. So I guess when we talk about the responsibility and the safety of LLMs, can you kind of compare and contrast a little bit of that versus what we may already know? Uh, so when we talk about things like uh, bias, we talk about uh, different components of bias. We talk about things such as, uh, excuse me, we start to think about uh, different elements of uh, how LLMs are performing or how a model is performing, precision versus recall. Can you come compare and contrast a little bit what LLMs versus what we might know more of from the machining learning world in that safety in that safety and responsible AI context? You're, you're absolutely right. So uh, measuring the safety, the performance of a classification model, which is a type of AI that has been you know, 
available since the 1980s. Like you, if you think about uh, whether or not uh, a bank uh, grants a loan, that's a classification. And there has been like multiple methods on, for instance, measuring the ethical biases of uh, credit scoring, right? Um, and if you want to apply that to large language models, uh, it's, it's different. Technically speaking, um, it's harder. Uh, but fortunately, like the research on these, on how to test uh, LLMs with regards to ethics, to privacy issues, to robustness, is something that started in uh, labs uh, four years ago. Um, it's just that we're dealing with something that is so new that the methods today, and this is part of what we are doing at Giscard, is to translate the testing method from labs into tools that are easy to implement. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question, and this is a nice dovetail into kind of our D, uh, D slot when it comes to deliverables. Uh, what's the value of really the safety and LLM LLMs and delivering that and an organization like Giscard who's bringing these amazing tools to uh, the public and the business, how do how are these tools such as Giscard really going to contribute to the safety? Uh, what is the value they're bringing to the enterprise and why is it so important for uh, our listeners and business users in general and organizations start to take up these technologies and understanding uh, for the next uh, into the near future? So I'm an engineer, so my answer will be it depends. Um, <laughs> it, it depends on the risk. Um, really, um, there are certain types of applications of uh, large language models, uh, specifically in financial services, in public service, in healthcare, and in any um, industrial applications that is quite critical, um, where the risks are just too high not to implement uh, safety uh, tests and guardrails. Right? Uh, and I think the first uh, thing that every uh, AI leader should do right now is do an audit of uh, the risk level of their AI. And this is actually the pragmatic approach of the uh, AI regulation in the EU. Um, a lot of people said, well, it's going to prevent innovation. Actually, no, it's just precisely classifying high-risk, mid-risk, low-risk AI. And I think it's just common sense that if it's high or mid-risk, you have to implement safeguards. And these safeguards will be about, A, making sure you detect and avoid privacy issues in large language model, ethical biases, if that's a big trouble, like that is like if you talk to, if your AI, your LLM um, involves humans, um, mm -hmm. and then reliability, right? That's very important. So you should identify your risk, A, B, identify what is the main type of safety issue that is really risky uh, and C, implement tests and guardrails, both on so pre-production, that's called testing, and post-production, that's called monitoring, in order to avoid this from happening. And lastly, um, I'm less familiar with the regulation in Australia, but in the EU, any company that falls into the mid or high risk uh, tier uh, whether they use large language model or other types of AI, 
And if they don't comply, they risk between 2 to uh, 7% fines on global revenue, which is a similar uh, kind of a stick mechanism as a GDPR. Mm -hmm. And again, I think uh, while uh, Australia itself is already coming up uh, is in the in the works in terms of doing their own set of regulations. Uh, but we here in Australia, and I would say in Asia in general, tend to look at the EU as one of those uh, North Stars as it relates to a lot of these regulatory re uh, regimes. And maybe not necessarily uh, because I'm already hearing, so I was speaking to a CAO uh, literally this week as works for a subsidiary of a German uh, insurance organization. And she's already been approached by their German uh, counterparts saying, all right, these are the things we need to start thinking about. So I guess one of my questions, as you kind of talk to uh, organizations at, as a part, as a CEO of Giscard and uh, talking to different leaders of those three kind of elements, what is the one that's really they're focused in on right now what are the people what is the one thing they're really thinking of those that they think is most important is it just the fines is it the safety and the privacy what's biggest what's the biggest concern uh for organizations and leaders for in terms of your discussions short term uh, the main concern is um the reputational impact I'd say, uh, because most of like everybody's talking about LLM, but apart from a minority of tech companies, most normal companies are running experimentations. And there are still few that came into production because I think, and rightfully, a lot of uh, business leaders uh, fear the potential backlash. Uh, mm -hmm. If you release a, a chatbot, uh, whether it's internal for your on employees or for your customers, like will they give uh, factual uh, mistakes? Uh, will they be biased? Uh, things like that. And, and this, if you're a big company and you, you have a brand and reputation to protect, it, it could really, really damage you. I mean, there's this kind of horror story with Google when they rushed the release of Bard and it made mm -hmm. one tiny mistake, right, uh, on an you know, random astronomical trivia, and they lost $100 yep. billion in market cap, right? Um, right. Well, that could happen to public companies, right? If, if, if you botch mm -hmm. down your release of an LLM product, I mean, the expectations are so high that if you don't mm -hmm. meet them, um, the backlash could be significant. Yeah, and I think that's actually a great uh, point. And I was... In the same conversation, I was talking to one of our uh, uh, a chief risk officer, uh, and really for them, it's the reputational risk of a lot of these LLMs and AI in general is what, as a risk person, they obviously want to quantify a lot of that. And that's one of the big keys for them is like, what is, you know, how big of a problem could this be? Back to your original point of, is it a high risk? Is it a medium risk? Or is it a low risk as a part of all of that? So that brings us all 
towards the end of this uh, proof of concept podcast. So Alex, uh, here in the e-block, we talk about evolution. So where are things going with the safety of LLM? So let me put you put your wizard cap on or your prognosticators cap and you know what's next for uh the safety and llms what are we going to see over the next three to five years uh what's going to dazzle us what's going to scare us uh as it were maybe hopefully not scare us (laughs) too much when it comes to the safety of llms yeah, I would be reassuring that really in 2026, um, I think the safety debates and the safety technologies of LLMs will be things that are much more uh, normal that will be available. Um, I would. Um, it's hard to forecast, but if I if I were to try, I would say that a there will be a a, a universe of tools for LLMs. Uh, It won't just be uh, OpenAI. There will be a variety of tools uh, to build LLMs um, for coders and for non-coders. There will be testing tools, monitoring tools uh, for LLMs. uh, And there will be regulations and standards. Uh, Actually, we didn't talk about that, but uh, the ISO, we are part of the working group, uh, has already started to work on, on these. So actually, like, this kind of blurriness around like what does safety mean will is actually being uh, discussed and will be decided in 2026 with things that are really written down as precise standards. Mm-hmm. And actually, let me ask you a question. Uh, and this is always one I'm always interested in. When it comes to regulation, is it going to be better to have a lot of this spelled out? Uh, meaning these are the precise elements or is it going to be better to leave it towards more of what is the philosophies of these? No right or wrong answer, but it's something that I've always, uh, when it comes to AI, I'm, I'm still on the fence. So do you think it's going to be better for us to have a lot of the specifics or is it going to be better to set kind of the philosophies from a regulatory regime policies? Um, so the way it works actually uh, is uh, um, regulations give guidelines, standards give methods. Um, so I think everybody's freaking out right now, but like regulators have been working on this for uh, four years and the ISO and all these standard organizations have done the same, right? But these things take time, right? Um, I, in 2026, uh, it's sure that this will, will uh, land. We've, we've been working with these organizations actually since 2021, um, uh, and we're seeing really uh, that they accelerate. Um, so it will be in three years pretty clear what to do. Uh, but again, like I want to insist that standards will be applied to specific high-risk use case uh, for a lot of just like fun stuff you can do with large language models, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like none of these like regulatory constraints will be applied. All right. And with that, I thank you, Alex Combesi, uh, my friend from here at Data Iku. It's so great to watch you in Giscard. Any places, any things you'd like to leave our audience, where can we find you in terms of if we're interested to understand more about what you're doing right now? Uh, so you can hit us up on uh, LinkedIn, uh, Mastodon, 
or uh, giscard.ai. All right, fantastic. And thank you so much, Alex. And thank you, everyone here uh, for listening to the Proof of Concept podcast. Uh, please continue to listen to us wherever you're getting your podcast, whether that's YouTube, Facebook, here, uh, or anywhere you get your podcast. So thanks so much. And we'll have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>